the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. Uh, I don't want to call it a bit of a bombshell press release from Premier Doug Ford yesterday, uh, but very, very big news. I'm joined once again by London Free Press health reporter Jennifer Beeman. Jen, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. You and I were chatting not during the recording. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today with regards to the pandemic back to school, vaccination rates, and Premier Doug Ford's announcement yesterday. So I think what we should start with, though, is vaccination rates in and around London Middlesex because we hit 75% double vaccination of those eligible for the vaccine, and we are at 82.8% for single dose. This is amazing. They're really good numbers. 75 is a good milestone. I mean, that's, that's of eligible population. So it doesn't include, you know, kids and things, but 75 is a nice milestone. Like we were, we, I remember when we were excited when we got to 75% of first doses. So to get to that double vax thing um, in advance of the fall, when we're back indoors is really nice. The health unit's cheering it. There's still room to grow there. And we are uh, that, that 75, we went up 1.5 percentage points from the week before. So there was some growth there. It's that first dose rate that's a little stubborn and slow, though. So um, they're still making a lot of headway trying to get it. The announcement from Doug Ford about vaccination passports for non-essential places, that's expected to boost that first dose number up as well. So we'll see what happens. But no, good numbers. Not too bad. Dr. Chris Mackey was quick to applaud residents saying we've got some of the best numbers, not only in Canada, but in the world, just in our region. I'm a little giddy just talking about it because it is exciting. It is like a a good positive note in an otherwise kind of dark year and a half that we have been living in. Um, Something that we have talked about a lot over the last few weeks, Jen, is back to school. Now, the 12 to 17 age group has been stellar at getting vaccinated. Parents really taking this seriously, and I don't blame them. Um, But Thames Valley District School Board trustees are now looking at changing some of their policies with regards to back to school. We need to talk about this a little bit because initially they had said, you don't need to get vaccinated if you have a negative test. Now they seem to be mulling a different tune. Sure. Yeah, that's for staff and visitors and things as well. The province has set out rules for school boards about like minimum standards of what school boards need to do. And that goes for other high risk settings like hospitals, universities and things. If a school board wanted to go a little farther with it and say, you know, we're not going to go with the minimum, we're going to enhance these a little, they can certainly do that. Um, Right now, you know, the health or not, sorry, not the health unit, the school board. um, It was basically like, you know, get your shots. We want proof of vaccination. If you don't, You'll just have to submit to testing, but you could choose that just to do the testing instead of the shots. Um, It sounds like the trustees want to kind of tighten that up a little, basically make it so that the only people that can be tested or opt for testing are people with medical exemptions or Ontario human rights, you know, reasons for not getting it. So it'll be an interesting one to see. Um, We do just in London have kind of a patchwork of these types of vaccination policies. City Hall is going to you know, potentially they're, they're working on it. They're going to allow people to say, you know what, listen, I don't want the shot and then just opt for testing instead. Um, but not LHSC, not LHSC. They just the other day were like, you know what? No, if you just plum don't want to get it, you don't get to be tested. You have to have 
you know, basically a medical exemption or a very, you know, human rights code type exemption to be, um, get the testing. So it's funny to see just in these institutions that are just, you know, kilometers from each other in our city is the difference in, in approach there. Yeah, it kind of seems to be all over the map. The thing that I find most interesting about Thames Valley District School Board, when I went to school and it hasn't changed, you needed proof of vaccination to be a student enrolled. I don't really see how the COVID vaccine, and I understand there's been a lot of, a lot of hesitancy. Uh, we're living in unprecedented times. I haven't used that word in a long time because I'm over it, but we really are. So I get the hesitancy, but with school and children, we were just talking, uh, friends of mine who have kids under the age of 11 who are not eligible for the vaccine are really scared because there's no way to protect these kids. We're hearing that the Delta variant is ripping through them. To me, Thames Valley, this is kind of a no-brainer. It should be mandatory. Do we feel like that's kind of the direction we're heading with the trustees looking at changing things? You know, it really depends. There's a lot of appetite right now in the public to really tighten up things as much as possible. And you know, it, it'll, it'll kind of rest with the school board trustees, what they decide to do on this one. You know, the, the goal with the under 12s, um, you know, they're not protected. We want to protect them. The best way to protect them is to get the rest of everyone vaccinated that's around them. And that's kind of how that'll happen. So, you know, I think that there's certainly a lot of scared parents out there, people that are uncertain about the start of school and they just, they just want to do everything they can. So, I, I would assume that there's a lot of parents calling their trustees and really making their voice heard about that issue. Well, like you said, with Premier Doug Ford's announcement about vaccine passports, we may see a big boost in numbers, whether or not these institutions continue to change change things. Let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Uh, if you want to go to indoor dining, if you want to go to a gym, if you want to go to a movie theater, if you want to go to a concert, you are going to need to prove that you have been double vaxxed um, and you can't have gotten your second shot and not had the 14 day period. What else? Because there's been a lot of talk. It's going to be paper to start uh, and then they're hoping to move to an app. Yes. Yes. So this uh, you'll be kind of required to go around with your papers or if you've like saved it on your phone and, and a piece of ID come September 22nd. So that's the way that will work. You'll have to be like, yes, hello, here's my thing. And with your ID, um, that's really clunky. They're going to start to replace that hopefully sooner than later. They're saying in October, they'll start to reveal like a QR code kind of app type situation where you could like flash your app and people in the restaurant would just know like, yeah, that's cool. And they can even scan it and they'd have their system to scan it too. So they've got all kinds of big ideas. Um, they've got to really get on this though, because, you know, government doesn't always move the fastest. Uh, and, you know, this is something that they're, they're serious about. They've launched, they've waited quite a while to, uh, to actually get this underway, despite like talk for months about it and kind of resistance to it for a while. So that's going to be the game. Um, there's going to probably be, we've seen it in other places that have implemented these, an uptake, like, you know, an uptick in vaccine uptake. People, once these things are announced, anybody that's kind of on the fence is like, oh shoot, like I'm going to be banned from you know, my gym or whatever. And, and so you'll see that. So I'm kind of interested to see in the next couple of weeks, just how much it ticks up locally. Um, what we, what we go to from 82% of first doses, like how, how high can we get? Uh, I, I hope it's like 10%, but I, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. It's worth noting. There's a lot of differences. British Columbia was one of the first provinces alongside Quebec to implement a vaccine passport. Um, theirs is almost to an extreme though. It doesn't matter if you have a health condition, medical exemption, 
doesn't matter. They're saying you have to get it. Now they're also saying you're not allowed to eat outside on a patio. That's different than here in Ontario. And something else that we need to talk about, Jen, with regards to the Ontario vaccine passport is non-essential retail, um, as well as groceries, because you are not going to need proof of vaccination for non-essential retail. Yeah, they're very, very clear about that. If you're not vaccinated, you can still go grocery shopping, no problem there. You can still seek medical attention. It's just for these kind of higher risk indoor settings, which we've been talking about for the whole pandemic of things that you should be careful in in general, you know, nightclubs, crowded indoor dining and et cetera. There's some funny things in this rule though, that's sort of unusual. Um, you know, while all patrons in a restaurant indoors are required to show proof of vaccination, staff aren't. So that might have to change in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's other little funny things too in there of, of, you know, outdoor dining and, and there's medical exemptions, which are honored in Ontario, which is definitely different than what was happening in BC. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for people to recognize that this is not going to end the pandemic, this whole idea. I mean, that's what experts are saying all over is that this is a tool we've got. It's a way to make indoor spaces, you know, safer. Um, it's not going to make them COVID free, you know, vaccines are great, but they're, they're not perfect. They're not a panacea. So there's still just other things people need to be doing in their own lives with masking and distancing and really being smart about who you hang out with. That all really kind of turn the numbers around on the fourth wave. I'm a little mind blown. I didn't catch that, that you could work as a server in a restaurant and not need to prove your vaccination status. Do we anticipate them kind of fine tuning this a little bit? Cause to me, there's no rationale there. If you're inside and you're working in an indoor space, I understand wait staff masked typically when they're working anyways, versus a patron who is sitting down and having a meal. But still we're seeing the Delta variant spread so rapidly. And that's been the big thing. Dr. Chris Mackey was quick to say on Twitter the other day that if this was the UK variant, we may have already reached herd immunity. We're dealing with a different beast and we're continuing to watch this mutate and form into different variants. And that's the scary thing. We don't really know what's around the corner ever with COVID. Um, do you expect that we're going to see them change this a little bit? Because it doesn't fully make sense with regards to some of the rulings then with the passports. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in Ontario, there's nothing really saying that workers writ large have to have vaccines. There's, there's rules about vaccination and testing in certain specific workplaces, hospitals and long-term care and places like that. Um, but, you know, as a, as a reporter, there's the, you know, the provincial government is not saying you know, all reporters must be vaccinated. So it'll be interesting to see what they do as the fall goes on. I think it'll really depend on how things are going. If we find that we've kind of managed to bend the curve on the fourth wave, things are stable or declining. Like it's, you know, I mean, maybe we can get away with not, but that'll be something to watch. They came up on the press conference to, you know, with, with Doug Ford and, um, yeah, it was, it was sort of like, okay, that's funny. Like you're going to require this of a lot of people, but there's still this kind of funny, little area that isn't, you know, has a ruling on yet. So I guess we'll have to see. It will be interesting to see what businesses do locally. We had heard about a law firm here in the city who had told their staff either get vaccinated or there's the door. I had said to you last week when we were chatting um, off the recording, I have concert tickets for February and I was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. Is it going to go ahead? I'm hoping to catch a hockey game at some point. I'm really missing live hockey. Um, but it's really interesting. So concerts are included with the vaccine passport, um, but sporting events, was there any mention of that? I didn't catch that. I know locally, well, locally, so to speak, the OHL has announced that anybody going to a game has to be fully vaxxed 
um, the GOJHL, same thing. And same with um, staff, if they're working with players, need to be fully vaccinated. So some groups and organizations have been very like mandated about it and others have just kind of been quiet. And I think they were maybe waiting for the province or even federally to do something. But is there any mention about sporting events? Like they mentioned concerts? You know, amateur sports weren't really part of this discussion. Um, but, but like you said, we're all kind of turning our minds to this now. This is not something, this is something that a lot of people have been looking at for several weeks of, you know, back in June, we weren't talking about any of this and even through most of July. So there's still kind of this whiplash effect that I just feel we're kind of having because Live Nation has made them mandatory on their own and MLSC in Toronto and, and things like that. So um, I think we're all kind of getting our bearings on these and, you know, I, I would expect there's going to be quite a bit of change and movement and, and people, you know, yeah, like, like just sort of policies and things coming out in the next little bit, but it's, um, it's an interesting one. I, 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 the province really waited. I mean, Ford himself said he didn't want to do it. Not that long ago, he didn't want to do it, kept not wanting to do it. And then here we are. So, you know, I guess just goes to prove that like you, this, this thing changes, you know, like we, a couple months ago, this wasn't on anybody's radar. This was going to be something um, that was going to be a thing, but now it's 100% a thing. And I guess we'll have to see what, uh, what the fall and winter bring. Something else that crossed my mind, and this might sound kind of ridiculous that this would even maybe be a bit of a concern, but British Columbia saw a 200% uptick in people booking to get vaccinated if they hadn't already once the vaccine passports were announced. Here in Ontario, we're expecting numbers to climb as well, like we had just talked about. Are doctors still prepared um, to accommodate all of these shots? Like, is there still avenues for people to just like readily go? So many opportunities. Uh, even though we're shutting down two mass vaccination clinics after Labor Day weekend, that's North London Community Center and uh, ooh, the other one, Earl Nichols. Earl Nichols. Um, Earl Nichols, yeah. <laughs> Agriflex and Mount Bridges are still open. They're still seeing people. I think they've got kind of slightly reduced hours, but anyway, those are there. And those are like our two originals in the area. They're the first two to open. It's totally a thing. You can definitely go there. They take walk-ins or appointments, whatever you need, just go. We've also got tons of, of mobile clinics happening. Family doctors have, you know, vaccine availability sometimes as well. And pharmacies. I mean, they're just there. There's lots of places for people to go. If you need a shot, it's not a question of availability anymore. It's a question of will. So, you know, even though, the, even though we're really declining, like we're, we're one fifth of our, like the vaccines delivered in this area, one fifth of what it was at its peak in June. Um, we're still, there's still lots of opportunities for people. So, and capacity for, for vaccines. The one thing that I think is worrying some people is testing capacity this fall. We've closed Oak Ridge, uh, the testing center there. Uh, Carling is open and still doing like, you know, hundreds can do hundreds a day. But, um, you know, last year when the return to school happened, I don't know if you remember, there were lines of cars. It was a whole thing. And it just was a little bit of a headache. So that's one thing I'm watching the next little bit because, man, that's that's always tough. It is. Parents are afraid. Kids have the sniffles. It's, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. Well, Jen, thank you so much again for your time and your insight. Um, it's almost comical. Like we hopped on the zoom before we started recording and I just started to laugh because it's just so all about COVID all the time, because much like the variants, things are changing so rapidly. So, uh, once again, thank you so much for your time and your insight on everything. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me.
If you're enjoying this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? We are streaming on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. We are over on YouTube. And of course, these videos live on lspress.com. So hit the subscribe button. You will get notified every Thursday when they get uploaded nice and easy. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press Podcast. Until then, stay well.